So, Ya'juj and Ma'juj. Strange wordings. There are actually two words. Ya'juj is one and Ma'juj is another. And, in, and when you say it in Arabic, for an Arab who listens to that word, Ya'juj and Ma'juj, it's a very harsh and you know, coarse word. It comes from the root word of, of, of uh, Ujaj, to be dry, to be dry and to be harsh. And it also comes from the meaning Al-Aj, meaning when the enemy comes really fast, close to you really fast, comes, attacks you really quickly. So these Ya'juj and Ma'juj, they are dry and harsh in nature. And when they come out, they're going to come out so quickly and so fast, you will not be able to stand in front of them. You have to run away from them. That's what the scholars tell us about these meanings. And Ya'juj is a tribe. And Ya'juj is another tribe. But they are related. And they are actual human beings. Ya'juj and Ma'juj are human beings. They are tribes that actually exist on earth. They existed close to the time of Musa in an era of a great, great king named Dhul Qarnayn. Anyone heard of Dhul Qarnayn? Dhul Qarnayn, the man of the two horns. He was called that name because he used to wear a, a hat that had two horns coming out of it. That's one meaning. Another meaning, they think why he was called Dhul Qarnayn, the man of the two horns, means the man of the two the man of the two eras or generations or the or the king of the generations because qarn means horn and also means in arabic generations or eras the point is that dhul qarnayn was an extremely powerful king and he was a worshipper of allah a righteous just muslim king among the best that ever existed on earth and he had so much power, so much authority, that his kingdom reached almost the whole world. Yani, why do I say almost? Because there were parts of the world where civilization hadn't reached yet, as today. But whatever existed in that time, wherever civilization reached, Dhul Qarnayn had power to there, right to the end part of civilization. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about Dhul Qarnayn in Surah Al-Kahf. You'll find Surah Al-Kahf mentioning so much. That's why it's so important in relation to Ad-Dajjal. It speaks about Dhul Qarnayn as being that king. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes him, as I said, as a just and fair leader who used to say, whoever does good, then we will reward him. And whoever does wrong, then we will punish him. A punishment in this earth and in the hereafter will be punished by his Lord, a punishment that is unheard of. So he was very strict on laws, that laws that Allah subhanahu wa has sent down. And he was very rewarding and generous for those who do good. So everybody loved him. And he brought justice this way. Very harsh on the wrong and very generous on the good. And Allah tells us about Dhul Qarnayn describing his amount of kingdom, saying that, you know, in a very allegorical, beautiful way of language in the Quran, saying that Dhul Qarnayn, he reached, he reached a very far distance in land. 
used to go around the whole world to see who is being oppressed, who is doing good to reward them, bringing justice between people. He used to physically go out with his army like that, looking everywhere as far as he can. That's what he spent his life in, traveling the world and applying justice and worship of Allah subhanahu wa everywhere he went. So Allah describes one of his journeys, one of his journeys by saying that he went one time to establish justice. And when he reached, Allah says in the Quran, When he reached the place of the setting of the sun, he found it setting in a murky pond or in a murky water. What does this mean? It means, now there are non-Muslims out there who try to use this against us. They say, what's this Quran talking about science? How can a sun set inside of water? when we know that the earth rotates around the sun. And how can a man reach the setting of the sun? The sun doesn't set, the earth rotates around. You can't really reach the sun. There's no such thing. What these miserable people don't understand is the language of the Quran. Okay, they can't come and teach us about the Quran now. The Arabs at the time of the Prophet ﷺ understood it better than these miserable people. And if there was any problem with it, they would have beaten them to find a fault in the Quran. Trust you me. So these people come and use half-suck twisty English and they try to uh, you know, explain the Qur'an through their miserable ways. The Qur'an here is talking allegorically because the Qur'an addresses human beings. And when you address human beings and especially the whole world, it has to address them in a way where everybody could understand simple language. Allah is saying allegorically in a beautiful speech that in two things, He reached a place where it looks like the sun is setting. It looks like that. It's like saying, oh, the sun set behind the mountain, behind the hill. If you go behind the hill, will you find the sun? No, we say it's set behind the sun, behind the mountain. Everybody uses that language. Or you say, oh, look at that rainbow. It starts from there and ends there. But it doesn't really end there. It doesn't even come on earth. So it's what the eye sees. Allah says, when he reached where it seemed like the sun was setting. In other words, Allah is telling us, Yudul Qarnayn reached a very, very far end of the world. He said he found it sitting in a murky pond, meaning it looked like as if it was sitting inside the ocean. And it looked murky to him. Because when the sun is setting, you could see a very strange appearance on the surface of the ocean. Allah called it Hami'ah, murky or a strange appearance or a, a foggy appearance. He found the sun setting there, meaning there was no more land beyond where he reached, meaning Dhul Qarnayn reached the farthest land where nobody could reach even further. There was no more civilization after there. That's what that verse is talking about. He said he found people there. He found there people that could hardly understand normal speech. They were very primitive in speech. They said, Ya Dhul Qarnayn, they knew he was the king. Can you please help us? They are corruptors on earth. Now I want you to analyze with me over here. These people who are complaining to Dhul Qarnayn, they were very primitive in lifestyle and in language. So he reached the border of the world where civilization was so behind. And they were trying to explain to him about this other civilization that are even worse than them. That are even more primitive, worse and corruptive than these people that he just met. 
This is what Allah says in the Quran. Allah says, then Dhulqarnain took a pathway. When he reached between two dams, there were some kind of dams that blocked between two, blocked a city or a village or a town. These people could hardly understand normal speech. Very primitive. They said, Ma'juj are very corruptive on earth. They kill, they take, they steal, they do all these things. Can we give you some help, bring you some people to help you do what? So that we can help you to make a a barrier, a barrier between us and them so that they can't come to us and they can be cut off from the world. Then Dhul Qarnayn replies, He said, Allah has already given me enough power. I don't need your help. Thank you for offering. But what I want you to help me with is just a little bit. Of, may, of starting off the foundations of the wall. I'll make between you and them a wall. Bring me some of your Zubar al-Hadid. It's a kind of metal, like brass, very strong metal, that can withhold any kind of environment, climate change. doesn't rust very quickly, it doesn't, or it doesn't rust at all, and it doesn't break. Zubar al-Hadid. So it's the metal that cannot get rusted. So he, he, he built it in such a way, he said, that he ordered for them to blow heat. So he melted it. And he melted it and molded it in such a way that it became so solidified, so strong through heat and through steel. That he said, He made it melting because of fire. He said, Bring me this other type of material that I may add to it, that will make it extra strong. So the whole idea here, Allah is telling us that He built a wall or a barrier or a dam, something that was so strong, so impermeable, that nothing can reach and nothing can come, nothing can break it down anymore. No climate, no people, no weaponry, nothing. Allah says in the Quran, He said, No one was able to break through it and no one was able to overpower it. It was such a strong wall, impermeable to anything. And when Dhul Qarnayn looked at the people, they looked at this wall and they said, Wow. This is a very strong wall. And Dhul Qarnayn wanted to teach them a lesson finally. He said, He said, this is from the mercy of my Lord. What's the mercy here? That he allowed us to prevent you from the corruption of Ya'juj and Ma'juj. Then he said, He said, now, this is this wall has been built there, it's strong. 
This is a mercy from your Lord for now. But when the promise of my Lord has arrived, Allah has decreed something that's going to happen. Allah will make this wall destroyed. He will destroy it. Dakka, meaning it will be level with the ground. The promise of my Lord is truly going to come, no doubt. What is he saying here? He's saying that will be blocked off the world from the world until a certain time that is going to come. Allah, it is only Allah who will destroy, it will allow for this wall to be destroyed. And when it is destroyed, this Yajuj and Majuj will come out. Allah says, He said, and so we left them. Yajuj and Majuj. We left them. And we left the people like this in this way. Yajuj and Majuj away from the people. And they living among one another. Allah says, but we will surely bring everyone, including Ajuj and Ajuj, everyone back when the trumpet is blown. So no one has been able to break through this wall ever since. And Allahu A'lam, if anybody has ever reached that place, but if you want to know where it is from the tafsir that I've read, and Allah knows best of course, they indicate that their, situ their position is somewhere near the upper part of the world, towards the North Pole. So towards the Russian areas. Russian areas in that, in that, in that sort of region, higher up towards the North Pole area. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best exactly where they are. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in the Sahihain, in Bukhari and Muslim, the Prophet ﷺ woke up one afternoon, very frightened, or very concerned, sorry. Fazi'an, like he was, he was concerned, shocked. And he said, La ilaha illallah, out of shock. Wailun lil Arab min sharrin qad iqtarab. Woe to the Arabs from a bad thing that has come very near. Today, the wall of Ya'juj and Majuj has been opened as much as this. And he made a ring with his fingers. He said, this much has been passed through the wall of Ya'juj and Majuj. Then Zainab has said, Ya Rasulullah, afanahliku wa fina salihun. He said, will we be destroyed? And among us, there are still righteous people. Yani, when he said, it's basically saying that the, the end of the world has come very near. Allah is going to destroy the world. So Zainab says, Ya Rasulullah, are we going to be destroyed so soon? And still among us, there are righteous people. There's you, there's the Sahabas, there's all these righteous people whom Allah praised in the Quran. He said, actually, yes. You can be destroyed while righteous people are among you. إِذَا كَثُرَ He said, إِذَا كَثُرَ الْخَبَثِ He said, is the righteous people will be destroyed among the non-righteous people if, on one condition, when indecency and immorality spreads too much. It's too much of it. Allah will destroy the people, including the righteous people among them. There are two definitions to this or interpretations. Number one, either because the righteous people are not doing their job or 
The corruption has exceeded so much that the righteous people cannot do anymore. So it's time to take them away. The test of the world is, is, is pointless. Take them, start judging them, put whoever's in heaven and whoever goes to hell, hellfire. It's pointless now to live on. So beware, my dear brothers and sisters, and continue in your da'wah. Now, what does this mean? Does that mean that Yajuj and Majuj has, have, have already pecked through the wall since that time? Allahu A'lam. What it means though, is that it is close. How are they breaking through? Allahu A'lam. How much of it is actually now open? Allahu A'lam. But the point is, when it's finally opened, and Yajuj and Majuj are able to come out, it'll be the time when Allah has decreed and now will come out. And this is the way it will happen when the day comes. First of all, the Yajuj and Majuj are unable to get out of there. Number one, there are many reasons why. Number one, as we said before, they are a very primitive people. Their understanding of technology is not like ours. They don't know what's going on in the world right now. They don't, they don't have computers, they don't have airplanes, they don't have these weaponry we have. They have nothing. Remember the people who say, who said to, to Madhul Qarnayim, please protect us from them, and they were primitive themselves. Well, the Yajuj and Majuj are even more primitive than them. So they don't have the idea of technology of how to you know, break through this wall. Nor, and they are between mountains. These mountains are covered with so, such bad climate that if they try to go up these mountains, they'll die. So they can't go around or on top of this wall. Some people said this wall is the Great Wall of China. No, it's not the Great Wall of China. For the Great Wall of China is broken. You can easily pass through it and on top of it. It's a tourist um, you know, site. Yajuj and Majuj are not behind the Wall of China. Nor are they the Chinese people. A lot of people, they say, oh, they're the Chinese people. And some people, they describe them as being short. You know, they're, they're, like, they're like really, they're like midgets walking around. Oh, and they've got these strange eyes. And about if, uh, this is all rubbish. You know, there's nothing in the hadith that states that they are like that. Like aliens or something. They are real human beings from the upper part of the world. They have a certain look, maybe, maybe more of an Asian look because it's that region or more, you know, more, of, more of that type of a look, Allahu A'lam. But the point is they are people, they are humans like you and us, but they are just very, very corruptive. They are more corrupted than the corruptive people of today. Immoral, uh, no principles, nothing. And when they come out, they just destroy. They destroy, rob, rape, kill, murder, all of these things. And they just worry about, they just, they, they want to be the leaders of the world. They want to be the power, but in a very, you know, they're like gangsters, but the worst of gangsters, like thugs, the worst of thugs ever, ever seen, ever known. The Prophet ﷺ tells us, إِذَا أَوْحَى اللَّهُ إِلَىٰ عِيسَىٰ أَنِّي قَدْ أَخْرَجْتُ عِبَادًا لِي لَا يُدَانُ لِأَحَدٍ بِقِتَالِهِمْ فَحَرِّزْ عِبَادِي إِلَىٰ الطُّورِ these Yajuj and Majuj will come out in a time where Isa السلام, has already descended. Isa will be among us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send Jibreel to Isa to tell him السلام, that a certain type of servants of mine, meaning creations of mine, have now been released. Allah is talking about Yajuj and Majuj. So take my servants, meaning take the Muslims, O Isa السلام, take them to the mountains. Al-Tur. Tal-Tur means here mountain. And hide. You will not be able to beat them. They are too many. They are so many, my dear brothers and sisters, Yajuj and Majuj, that the Prophet ﷺ once, I want you to listen to this, he sat down with his companions and said, for every 
one person that enters paradise, 999 will enter hellfire. Ah, that's, that's frightening. It means like, do we have any chance for every one person, 999 enters hellfire? So the Sahabas were concerned and they asked him, Ya Rasulullah, Ithan, therefore none of us will enter paradise, baby. Who's going to enter it? He said, don't worry. From your nation, meaning from, from my nation, just from the Muslims that ever exist, from the time of Muhammad Sallallahu until the end of time, just from the Muslim nation, not from the world, from the Muslim nation, from every one of you, there is 999 of Ya'juj and Ma'juj. And he, there are 999 folds more than the nation of Muhammad that exists. So if we are you know, now, let's say a billion or just over a billion, how many would that make Ajuj and Ajuj currently in population? Okay, you need good mathematicians to calculate that. Maybe good accountants here. If you can figure it out, then you've got yourself business here. If they are human like us, have prophets come to them? Of course. We don't know which prophet, but we do know they are close to the time of Musa salam. He is a messenger. But Allah tells us there isn't a single nation except that a prophet has come to them. So they did get a prophet, but they rebelled. And Akhil Karim, if you look in all the prophets, there were only two prophets that are mentioned to us whose people accepted him. The rest all rejected him and they were destroyed or some of them were left. And Yajuj and Majuz are offsprings, obviously, of nations. Uh, Ajam, they're non-Arab. We're not, they don't specify what they are, but they're non-Arab nations who betrayed their, their prophets in the past. So they are a large amount. Let's listen to the remainder of the hadith. The hadith says, This is an ayah in the Quran, by the way. Allah says, they're actually mentioned in the Quran. Behold, the day when Ya'juj and Ma'juj are released. The word hadab, he says, they will be from every hadab crawling, walking. They'll be there. What does hadab mean? Hadab means every, every place on earth, whether low or high, they will reach it. And they will be there. And what this really means is that they will come out from a very rough and rigid place. It doesn't mean that they will enter every single area of the world, even though the meaning seems that way. But what it means is that when they come out, they'll, you will see them coming out from places that have high and low cliffs. So they'll come out from a very rugged area. Where they are right now, it's cliffs and hills and mountains and valleys. So Allah is telling us they will initially come out from valleys and mountains and rough terrain and they'll come out and disperse in the world. They don't necessarily, it doesn't necessarily mean that they will go to every part of the world, but what it means is that they'll come out from those rigid and ragged terrains. Hadad means ragged and rigid terrains. And he says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, they will pass by the ocean or the sea of Tabariya. Do you know where Tabariya is? Buhayra Tabariya. Anyone know where, know where that is? Yes. 
It is close to Asham, to Syria. Where Jordan is in Syria, in that area. There will come past Buhayra Tabariya. And what happens there? Buhayra means a small sea. So it's bigger than a lake, smaller than a sea. Huge area, probably a few kilometers in, in, in diameter and circumference. فَيَشْرَبُونَ مَا فِيهَا They will drink every bit of water that's in it. وَيَمُرُّ آخِرُهُمْ Now they're coming, you know, like group after group, yeah, because there's a large amount of them. So the first amount of them will drink it all. And then either in the same day or a few days later, the other group is still coming. And they'll come to the same Buhayra, this little sea, and they won't find any water in it. <laughs> it's, they drank it all. لَقَدْ كَانَ بِهَذِهِ مَرَّةً مَا They will say, we think that there was once upon a time water here. Okay, this indicates that they are phenomenally large population. وَيُحْصَرُ نَبِيُّ اللَّهِ عِيسَى وَأَصْحَابُهُ وَأَصْحَابَهُ حَتَّى يَكُونُ رَأْسَ الثَّوْرِ لِأَحَدِهِمْ خَيْرًا مِنْ مِئَةِ دِنَارٍ لِأَحَدِكُمُ الْيَوْمِ He said, Isa السلام, the Prophet of Allah and his companions, if we are there and we follow him, we ask Allah to make us among them, if we are there, we'll be his companions. Isa and his companions will be imprisoned. Imprisoned meaning they'll be restricted to the mountains. And we will have no, we will have no, no way to get to food. So the Prophet said to the point where he said, a buffalo, A buffalo would be more valuable than a hundred dinars of your time. Prophet was speaking to his companions. A hundred dinars in those days was يعني, a huge amount of money. It's like saying something like a hundred thousand dollars of our time. It's like that, something like that. He said, a buffalo would be more valuable than a hundred thousand dollars in other words. Just figuratively speaking here. So what it means is that they will be in, in so much need of food. Then Isa and his companions will start supplicating to them, make dua to Allah because they'll be in such a hard time. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will respond to the dua of Isa and his companions and he will send a disease, a worm. Naghaf is a worm, type of worm or a type of parasite that will come out of the necks of the ajuj and ma'juj as a disease, it'll, it'll be in their necks. That's where it'll, the disease will be situated. And then they will all look like as if they have been killed all at once. Like you're in a battle and they'll be killed all at once. They'll all die wherever they are on earth. As if one body has died, they all die at once. Then Isa السلام, and his companions will be told to come down. How will they be told? Isa السلام, will send a man. He'll say, who of you will volunteer to go down and check if your Ajuj Ajuj are dead or still alive? But if you go down, it means you're sacrificing yourself. If they're alive, they're going to kill you. So one man will go down and find that they're all dead and they will tell Isa السلام, and then Isa السلام, this will be a cause for him and his companions to descend from the mountains and come back on earth to eat and drink and live.
He says, فَلَا يَجِدُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ مَوْضِعَ شِبْرٍ إِلَّا مَلَأَهُ زَهْمُهُمْ وَنَتَنُهُمْ yeah, They won't find a palm's length, a palm span of, of place on earth, except that you will find either their, their carcasses, their dead bodies there, and their stench. They'll smell very badly. Then Isa السلام, and his companions will ask Allah again to remove these people from there. So then Allah sends طَيْرًا كَأَعْنَاقِ الْبُخْتِ he will send birds that have necks like the necks of vultures. فَتَحْمِلُهُمْ It will carry their bodies. And this indicates to us that either their bodies are small in build or that they would have decayed, you know, decomposed to the point where they become light. فَتَطْرَحُهُمْ حَيْثُ شَاءَ And they throw their bodies places where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills for them. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends rain and it fertilizes the land and their stench is gone. There's another hadith that says when they come out, they will fight the people of the, anyone in front of them, they'll kill them. So there will be non-Muslims that they'll be hiding. They won't kill everyone. But anyone in front of them, they'll kill them. And they'll only survive for a few days or months. Not days, maybe months on earth. There's no clear indication of this, but we say months because of the hadith that it says that the Muslims will be in such a difficult time. Food will run out, money will run out. So they'll still be here for a little while. And after they kill, they think they killed all the people of earth, they turn their arrows to the sky and they return with blood on them. And they say, we have now killed the people of the sky. Malakna al-ard. We are now, we are now the kings of earth. But then Allah perishes them. This is the ajuj and ajuj. What's the wisdom behind it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best, but they are one of the major signs that the end of the world has come very, very near. Very near at the time of Ya'juj and Ma'juj. The Prophet ﷺ gives another description. He says, They will come out on earth. They will finish the water. The people will run away from them. They will throw their arrows into the sky. It will come back with blood on them. And they will say, We have killed the people of earth and the sky. And now we are the kings of earth. The Prophet ﷺ tells us that when the Ajuj and Ajuj die, he said, By Allah, the beasts that eat meat, the beasts of the earth, the carnivores, will be the fattest they have ever been. They'll be the fattest they've ever been. Why? Because they eat from the bodies of Ya'juj and Ma'juj. So every single beast on earth will be as fat as it has ever been. That's the amount of people they are of Ya'juj and Ma'juj.